Hi guys and welcome back to Soot and Whitewash. This is episode number 14 and I'm Neil Piper. In this show I'm going to talk about the new Kickstarter campaign for the Film 35 digital adapter for your 35mm cameras. Um, I talk about some low temperature C41 processing for some old 30 year old Kodak 2483 E4 film. There's a huge thank you that I missed out from last week's show. A couple of follow-up points on the pinhole segment to last week's show. And I get a print and an email from Mr. Daniel Novak. Okay, guys. So the first thing I want to talk about in tonight's show is another Kickstarter uh, that I came across the other night. Um, so you remember, if you listened to one of my previous shows, I spoke about the I'm Back digital back for your for your film, for your assortment of film cameras. Now, from what I can understand, this has been met with sort of limited sort of praise. So, um, hang on, there is another there is another option for your converting your analog cameras to digital to digital cameras, and that is the Film Thirty Five um, back. Is it a back? No, it's not a back. So it's it's called it's on Kickstarter right now. You can find it if you have a search for the Film Thirty Five innovative photography experience so this isn't a back what this is is it's basically just a digital sensor that goes inside your camera so visually if you look at it if you can picture <clears throat> excuse me a, a 126 film cartridge um, if you're familiar with them they've got um, like your, your film rolled up on one side in a little chamber and then what would be the equivalent of your take-up spool in the other side on another chamber and as your camera rolls it rolls from one side to the other this is this very similar thing just without the the take-up chamber i suppose that's kind of a poor way of poor way of describing it have a look what it really is is a 35 millimeter film cartridge with the leader taken out if you imagine the leader replaced with a digital sensor that's what it that's what it looks like so this thing as you may expect um you open up the back of your your 35 millimeter camera and you pop this sensor this film 35 doodly flip whatever we're going to call it um, into the back of your camera shut the door up on the back as you would when you've got film in there and you're done so it's a an APS-C type sensor so it's not a full frame um, digital sensor um, attached to some sort of Raspberry Pi thing that's going on in there so it's an APS-C CMOS sensor and it um, like I say, it goes in the back of your camera you close it up and that's it so it doesn't alter the appearance or the ergonomics or anything like that of your camera it allows you to use it as you would normally which given the due that's a good thing I think I think part of what we as film photographers or me at least as um, the photographer that I am I choose the cameras that I have that are in regular rotation are normally in regular rotation because I like using them. Um, my OM1, my AE1, for example, I like the way they handle, I like the way they feel, I like the way they sound. And using this um, Film 35 thing, does it even have a name? This Film 35 um, solution, should we call it? Whatever. Um, that doesn't <clears throat> alter any of those ergonomics or or anything like that about sort of the shooting experience. So I'm just having a look on their site and seeing what they actually call it. I don't want to call it a doohickey for the uh, for the duration of this. They just call it film film 35. Oh well, we'll do that. 
<clears throat> yeah, so well, so yeah, it doesn't alter doesn't alter the use of your camera, so that's got to be a good thing. Um, the iron back, from what I recall, uh, goes on the bottom of your camera, and you have to take the door off, and it's all it's all a bit of a palaver. Really changing the way your camera sort of works and feels when you use it. So uh, plus for the film thirty five. So anyway, it comes uh, with an accompanying app. And this app allows you to change things such as the EV compensation and the ISO of the sensor. Included in the app, according to the Kickstarter um, reading matter, there's six preset film styles. Three more are unlockable and there are more in development. They then give a list of the ones they've got. So in uh, no particular order, Kodak Gold 100, Tri-X 400, Agfa Vista 100, um, PX680, which is a Polaroid, old Polaroid emulsion, I think. Um, Provia 400, that's a, correct me if I'm wrong, Provia 400, that's a Fuji slide film, is it not? Pretty sure it is. They've labelled it up as Kodak Provia 400, so someone should probably uh, fact check, spell check that. Uh, equally with their Kodak BW400CN, they advertise that one of their filters, I suppose it is, Yet yeah, the example they show for it is in colour. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. BW400CN, as far as I was aware, was a C41 black and white film. Anyway, uh, Portra 400 and FP3000B. Those are all, I guess we can call them filters. They say preset film styles. I say filters, whatever. So they come on there. And this app, um, from what I can see on their website, they show it working on a variety of uh, current smartphones also show it working on what appears to be an Apple Watch as well, which is, I guess, kind of interesting. A bit small screen maybe for selecting always, but maybe that works fine. Interesting, nevertheless. So, as I say, it's, uh, what's it got? It's an APS-C CMOS sensor. So, what's that? The kind of thing you get in like a 600D, a Canon 600D, so the, not the full frame sensor. Um, captures JPEG, captures RAW, and it captures uh, RAW and JPEG at the same time. Uh, apparently it'll do plus or minus five um, for your exposure value compensation. Uh, it has an auto ISO setting. Um, it's also uh, manually selectable up to 12,800, which is quite good. I'd be interested to see the digital noise levels on that, being a, a, a CMOS sensor, an APS-C CMOS sensor at 12,800. I know my old digital cameras with that sensor on them didn't handle noise very well um, after about sort of 800 but they were a lot older. This might be better, might be newer. Um, it has a micro SD slot. Is micro SD still a thing? I guess it must be. A micro SD slot in the in the device that allows you to capture, I don't know, as many pictures as you can fit on your particular card. Good thing, I suppose. And it advertises that it has a rechargeable battery, which is good for 150 shots. So, yeah, that's quite good, I suppose. Uh, Wi-Fi connectability. I wonder if it's Bluetooth. I don't remember seeing anything about Bluetooth, but if you are using it out and about and you want to adjust your ISO, how do you connect it to your watch or to your phone if it's not Bluetooth compatible? That's interesting. Might have a reread of that. So yeah, not sure how that works. Um, what else about it? They show it working on a Canon uh, SLR. I'm not sure which one it was. Um, and a Leica M3 rangefinder. So I don't know if it'll work with any 35mm camera. They show it on a, a rangefinder and an SLR. I don't know if there'd be any reason you couldn't stick it in 
something like a, a new or something similar, some sort of compact point and shoot camera. Looking at my collection of cameras right now, I can't see any reason why why you couldn't. They're the same inside, aren't they? Equally, I wonder if you could use it with in a <coughs> excuse me in something like a Diana with a a thirty five millimeter to one twenty spacer. That'd be interesting. See if that worked. Be no sprockets. But you end up with a yeah a thirty five millimeter frame with like your Diana lens or your Holger lens. That could be kind of interesting, I suppose. Anyway, I'm just speculating. To be perfectly frank with you, the the information on their Kickstarter campaign is. I think rather limited. There's uh, two or three videos on there um, which they sort of say are there to explain what they're doing, but frankly they're rather uninformative as well. They're, unless there's something wrong with my laptop, which I'm pretty sure there's not, they're completely mute, there's no audio, and they're just a locked off camera sort of looking at a guy holding this thing in these two different cameras, the Leica and the Canon, fiddling about with what I assume is Raspberry Pi stuff on the screen, and I don't understand any of it, so. Sorry, Film 35, but your videos aren't really that informative for me personally. Um, what else about it? It's ready for shipping. So it's on It's on Kickstarter at the moment. Um, where are we now? They've reached, what are they trying to get? They're trying to get almost £82,000, um, which, oh, sorry guys, in America, I was trying to get that to uh, American dollars, but it doesn't do that. That's converted from Hong Kong dollars. So there's 850,000 Hong Kong dollars. Sorry, guys, you have to convert that yourself. 18,000 pounds they're at, um, but they're looking at 82, just shy of 82,000 pounds. So they've got a long way to go. 95 people have backed it already, and there is still 31 days to go on it. So yeah, they've still got still got plenty, plenty, plenty of time. Um, yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> that's about all of it now. Okay. Sorry, I'm just looking at the pledges and the rewards. So, again, I can't sort of convert to American dollars off the top of my head, but the first tier is 15 Hong Kong dollars, which is about one pound. About two, so they do do it in dollars as well. It's about two, it's not, but they say it's about two US dollars. Um, that's just a, a thank you for supporting us. Just thank you very much. $20. £15, uh, you'll get a postcard and regular updates. Um, £75, 99 US dollars, postcard, keychain, camera strap, and a tote bag. £207, 273 US dollars. Uh, get film 35 at an exclusive price on Kickstarter. So, yeah, the Kickstarter price is £207 or 273 US dollars. Uh, apparently 20% less than the final retail price. You also get the postcard, the strap, the keychain with it as well. And then they're, they're, they're going up um, tiers as well. Then you've got uh, $300 um, premium set and exclusive feature. Oh, you get, app fil oh, you get the extra <coughs> excuse me app filters, um, UV and CPL filters, um, in lens in different lens sizes you specify which ones you get and then they go up i'm not going to go through all these but they're all sort of pretty much the same then it goes into twin packs so you get two of them one for you and one for a friend 
twin packs of the tote bags with the thing and they do family ones so four of four sets of everything yeah so that's that's the that's the top one so that's 978 us dollars 741 pounds surprisingly no one's backed that yet um what do you get for that you get four film 35 units uh four sets of three of the app filters or the yeah the, the filter things um that you yeah like your instagram filter things um your lens filters your uv filters are a set of four of those four cleaning cloths four keychains four camera straps but only one postcard so i guess you have to fight over your postcard anyway that's about all there is to talk about that um it's running for what did i say another 30 odd days um yet it doesn't it says it will be ready for shipping in december 2019 so that's another what 12 13 14 months away so i don't know what they're planning on doing for all that time making them i guess anyway so whether that's something that you're interested in or not it's i don't know to me it sounds a, a more I, I prefer this over the the iron back i prefer the idea of this if it works fully if, if both systems work fully and work great this for me at least sounds like it might be a little bit better in some ways i, I like the idea that it goes in your camera and it doesn't alter the ergonomics or the aesthetics or anything like that about your camera one thing I am curious now about thinking about the different app, um, like the different filters, is can you shoot it without any of these filters? Can you use it to capture just a digital, a plain, flat, straight digital image through your camera and your lens? Because you're not, I mean, that's part of the thing about it, isn't it? Shooting analog like the camera the lens i know the film is obviously important and you get a look but i don't know i'm not really sure where i'm going with that i should really plan that out but I'd, I'd like to know and i'd like to if i had one i'd like the ability to not shoot through a filter that makes it look like um i don't know fp3000b or portrait or superior 100 they've got a whole Sorry, I'm just going through this a bit further down. I've got a whole bunch more, a few more different filters. PX70, um, Superior 100, Fuji 800Z, not heard of that one. And Kodak E100VS, I haven't heard of that one either. So I've just found a bit of the website that I hadn't seen before. So it does say... The primary characteristics of the spool wound photographic film shall retain in our design. The cartridge of film 35 will be in proportion to fit onto all major analog cameras. So that does sound like you will be able to fit it fine into any 35mm camera. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, I like the idea of it. I'm going to keep an eye on it. I'm not sure whether I'll back it. Um, I'll definitely keep an eye on it. Like I say, there's still 31 days to go. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, so that's a little bit about Film 35. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I'm going to take a little break now. Uh, that little timer that I don't know if you heard uh, tells me that my stand-developed uh, Delta 100 behind me in the sink is ready. So I'm going to go and do that. Then I'll be back to talk about something else. Cheers. Hi, guys, and welcome back after the break. Uh, I realise it's only been a short little split-second break for you guys now that I've ditched those horrible rewind noises. But that's actually been about an hour for me because I've been dealing with a screaming baby. So, 
sure you wanted to know that. Just a, a pre-apologize, just in case I had to cut this section short. I have a baby monitor on me next to the desk. If you start hearing screaming, I'm gonna have to cut and run and pick up in a little while. So I'll just pre-apologize for that now. Anyway, so what have I been up to this week? Processing, mainly. Um, some regular C41, some black and white, some stand, a little bit of everything. Um, but what I actually wanted to revisit was some film that I shot from my weekend away uh, in in Cornwall the other weekend. So I mentioned in a couple of shows um, recently the old Kodak 2483 photo micrography film that Mark very kindly sent me a few rolls of um, a few weeks back. Now I said that I'd processed half of one roll in stand developed roll null and that came out really well and I was really really happy with the results. Now the second half I finally got around to processing in low temperature C41. So as I think I've said before, I'll just recap, it's a, a 30 year old expired E4 slide film. So E4 predated E6 um, color reversal chemistry. Uh, long gone, don't do it anymore. Um, the literature, literature that comes with the film um, expressly says not to use E6 chemistry as it will damage the emulsion. I assume that the, the temperature is too hot for it. So I don't do E6 processing myself, um, no real reason other than I've just never got around to buying the um, chemicals and trying it. I've got plenty of slide film, but I, I don't really have um, a need or a want to process the E6. Anyway, so I tried the second half in low temperature C41 and it came out really, really well. Um, I was really surprised. Um, so low temperature C41, um, I did, let me just double check my notes, I can't remember now. So regular C41, I do 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which is give or take a little bit, 38, about 38 degrees C for us that use a, a, a normal temperature scale. So I done it in, and that's done for three minutes and 15 seconds. And if you do your own C41, you'll know that, but I done it at 25 degrees C, which is 77 Fahrenheit, and that's done for 13 minutes. Bleach step, um, is again at 25 all the other everything is done at 25 degrees the other set steps are just slightly longer so bleach it had six minutes instead of its usual about four that i give it fix it had seven instead of its usual sort of five and a half stabilizer just a few seconds longer um and it worked out uh, really really nice um it was a bit odd when it came out the emulsion uh, the film itself was sort of neon yellow um, almost green on one side and a neon sort of purple on the other side, which the purple faded once it was dry, but the emulsion itself was really unstable when it came out of the chemistry, um, to the point where the leader that I cut off of the end before I hung it, I left that sort of floating in the sink and the emulsion was literally sort of lifting off and floating around the sink, sort of big old globs of, of uh, sort of purple. So I didn't hold out much hope that it would be any good, but once it had dried, um, it was actually all right. When it was wet, if you sort of rubbed it, it was almost, I'd sort of compare it to like Remjet um, from like the sort of motion picture films. Um, it, you could rub it off with your fingers. But I sort of was very careful with it and I hung out to dry, let it hang for a, a good few days, three or four days. So I knew it was dry and I scanned it today and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, beautiful muted colors in there. Um, the landscapes were, that I shot with it in Cornwall, absolutely beautiful. 
Um, little to no grain, because obviously it's a very it's a very slow film. Um, I don't have a roll of it with me. I forget what it's rated at. Maybe it's sort of twelve, and I think I shot it as six, something like that. Absolutely wonderful images. So I shot some images around the the Eden Project um, in in Cornwall that I went to. I think I mentioned that last time. Um, if not, look it up. It's a wonderful place if you're sort of in the UK and in the area, go and have a look. Um, but yeah, mega mega happy with that. And uh, thanks again to Mark um, for sending me that film. Mark, you can check him out. He's on Instagram at a underscore life underscore lived. Check him out. He's a great photographer and a really great guy as well. So yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about that. I just wanted to say if you are using any of this film, it can be processed um, in low temperature C41. I wouldn't advise it in regular temperature C41. I think it'll be too hot and I think it will it'll peel the emulsion off. Okay, so don't know whether you'll notice, but I had to cut that one, that section off because the baby monitor did in fact start to screech. So thanks for that, Alex. It's okay, I hadn't got very far and I could trim it fairly well, but that section is a nice segue into a massive thank you that I realised after I put out last week's show I forgot to put in there. So we're going to rectify that now. Um, right, regular listeners to this podcast and to other podcasts will know that... There is a very nice chap living in somewhere in Cambridge in the UK called Andrew Bartram. Now, a while back, he lent me two of his um, 6x6 pinhole cameras, his Reality So Subtle 6x6F and his Zero Image 2000. We all know how that went. I loved the reality so much I bought my own. And as I said last, uh, last show, it didn't show up um, in time, not for any fault of anyone other than mine, for not ordering it early enough before I went away. So I took to Twitter, I think it was, um, and just put a rather glum, oh, I'm really uh, childishly upset or something along those lines that my RSS isn't going to be with me by the time I go away. And what happened? I got a DM from Mr. Andrew Bartram, who hadn't had his cameras back long, saying, hey, mate, or something along these lines, if you want, you can borrow my zero. And I was like, what? No, mate. Um, I can't remember my exact words, but basically I felt like I was taking a mick a little bit to borrow it again. But a little back and forth, and he, Andrew, you're a great chap. He promptly sent me his zero and um, an expired roll of, uh, I think it was 50 Superior 100 in the box, in a box, next day delivery, zero image 2000 sitting on my door. Thank you, mate. Um, you're, a, you're an amazing guy. That's really, really cool, really cool thing to for you to do. Uh, you didn't have to do that. You wouldn't even let me pay for the for the shipping to send it to me. Um, thank you, buddy. I really can't thank you enough for that. It was great. I shot a couple of rolls for it while I was away. Um, roll of Delta that I actually was processing this evening and the roll of Fuji, which I scanned um, earlier on today. Um, I'll get some pictures up from that on the show's Instagram soon and on my own one soon as well. Um, yeah, so sorry, Andrew. I forgot to put that in last week. Um, my bad completely. You're a great guy. Thank you very much for sending that. Um, Andrew and I, I think, are going to meet up for a little photography walk at some point so that so that I can give him back his camera. And not sure where, not sure when. Next month, I think, he's planned. We'll keep you posted. Should be a great time. And if anyone else wants to uh, join us on that, when, let us know when we, when we figure something out. Maybe a few of us can meet up. Unless Andrew is just planning on keeping it me and him. In which case, please, someone else come along. Anyway... Thank you, Andrew. You're a great guy. So just a little follow-up again from last week's show about pinhole and 
um, yes, Andrew popping up again. It didn't, it occurred to me, and I had it in my notes of things to say, but I didn't put it for some reason in, in the show. But if you want to learn um, about Pinhole, want to find out about some Pinhole artists, about the medium, about anything about it, you could do a lot worse than tuning into the Lensless podcast um, every week uh, with Corey Cannon and Andrew Bartram. There's a great pool of knowledge between those guys, and every week they get some some amazing guests, some of them um, very big names. Uh, Andrew Sanderson was on the other week, um, Ilford Master Printer, a fantastic pinhole artist. People from all uh, around the world, around the globe, um, who either shoot pinhole, make pinhole um, cameras, or have something to do with pinhole photography in general. All a great, great bunch of people. Like I say, massive pool of knowledge, amazing guests. Occasionally, we, me once in a while, been on a couple of times. If you want to listen back, say that's quite cool. Andrew does like to run on a little bit, but, um, so I've just warned you there. But Corey does keep him in check, so well done, Corey. And the other thing about pinhole, you could do a lot worse as well than checking out the book Pinhole: Rediscovering a Historic Technique by Eric Renner. Now, I spoke about this book um, fairly briefly when on a show that I was on on one of the lensless shows when I was on I think it was when I was on with just Corey when Andrew was off on his holidays I discussed a couple of books and this book literally I think it's in the fourth fourth um sort of print run at the moment or the fourth edition I think that's the word I'm looking for literally everything you'd ever need to know about pinhole about shooting it about the history behind it the camera obscura anything I I, I opened this book. I'm going to do a review of this book on this show at one point because it's absolutely fantastic. But literally, it's the one of the only, one of the few sort of textbooks, I would say, I've read cover to cover and genuinely found everything in it informative and um, interesting. Absolutely brilliant. So that's Pinhole Rediscovering a Historic Technique by Eric Renner. I'll put a link to that um, in the show notes. Everything I spoke about tonight, I'll try my best to put in the show notes. And just lastly, um, to round up the show, grab a hold of it now, um, I had through my post box the other day um, another one of these Ilford postcard darkroom prints. Um, these are a great idea. Um, so if you don't know, Ilford obviously make photographic paper. They also coat traditional postcard sized pieces of paper in, the, um, in their photographic emulsion. And you can print on it just like you would a normal darkroom print, stick a stamp on it and stick it anywhere in the world anywhere in the world and I got one from New York from regular contributors to the show Mr. Daniel Novak thank you Daniel um, this is yeah it's really cool it's a really cool print I'm not gonna lie it has arrived a little bit battered but I'm gonna straighten it up and I'm gonna stick that in a frame because that's that's really nice just a little note on the back greetings from across the pond and thanking me for the podcast just a little something from the basement closet darkroom. Cheers, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And as you've been good enough to include your return address on there, I'm going to get something done for you and send it back to you as a way of saying thank you. Now, I realise um, with regards to that, I'm falling a little bit behind in my printing at the moment, and I have got quite a few prints that I need to send out, but I am planning on getting that done very, very soon. Um, there's my negative positives print exchange um, that I'm trying desperately to print. I've printed it several times. I was trying to do something a little bit nice for for my print swap partner but it's not working out so well so I might have to go on hold um, I don't want him to think that I've um, forgotten him but um, there's 
yeah, but print that I was playing isn't working, so I'm going to send him something else instead. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, what was I saying? Dan, thank you very much. This is a lovely little postcard, lovely little scene on there. And that also brings me to one last little thing that I did. I forgot to put in the show uh, a couple of weeks back now. Sorry, I'm just looking through my phone. Um, yeah, just from Dan. So uh, from Daniel Novak again. So I put out a show a few weeks back where I was talking about the Iron Back. Remember the digital back that I briefly touched upon earlier in this show uh, before talking about the film 35. But um, I asked for sort of feedback on it and what people think. And Dan was good enough to, Jesus, this was on the 25th of September. Sorry, Dan, totally forgot about that. But anyway, I'm going to read it out now. Hi, Neil. In your most recent episode, you asked for feedback on this. And he links the, the I'm Back gadget. And he goes on to say, I have no use for it, and I'm surprised it got funded. I understand the purpose behind digital backs for medium format systems, but not this. If someone wants to go digital, they're better off getting a digital camera. And if they want to keep their current lenses, there are adapters. Really good point. Uh, if I want to keep, sorry, if I want to keep using my film cameras, it would not be with this gizmo. Thanks, I will pass. Later, Dan. Yeah, totally agreed, Dan. Um, I think that's pretty much where I ended up um, concluding with a show. People will go for it. Obviously, they have go for it. It's been fully funded. It's not for me. Maybe, maybe Dan, you'll find uh, this film thirty-five thing that I that I spoke about tonight. Maybe that's more for you. Maybe not. Maybe you don't want to go. Maybe you don't want to go digital with your analog cameras. I don't know. Let us know. In fact, everyone, if you if you've got any thoughts or opinions on anything that I've spoken about in the show, or if there's anything you want to hear me talk about, um, get in touch. Um, obviously, last week the the pinhole request from Bruce um, that came in via email. Um, that show was done purely because he he asked me to. So, if there's anything you'd like me to talk about, I'll do my absolute best to. Um, if I don't know about it, I'll try and find out about it. And if I do know about it, I'll tell you what I know about it. So yeah, that's about it for tonight. Um, no idea how long this show has run because I can't see the timer. But we'll just round it out the usual way. And I'm sure it'll be a bit longer than I than I wanted. And because every week I say I'm trying to keep them short and then they run a bit longer because I have a little bit more to jabber on than I think about. But anyway, so as usual, you can see my photography at Neil underscore Piper on Instagram. Uh, Soot and Whitewash has its own Instagram feed, which is just at Soot and Whitewash. Um, images get posted up there of stuff that I've been talking about. So cameras that I've reviewed, sample images, you name it. If I can find a picture of it, if I have a picture of it, I'll put it on there. Um, you can drop me an email at sootandwhitewash at gmail.com or send me a call in with the Anchor app as usual. And if you are so inclined, you can check out my website, um, which is just neilpiper.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope that's been informative to at least one person tonight. Um, going to have to definitely run off now because I can just hear some noises through the baby monitor. Thank you very much, everyone, and I will speak to you again soon. Laters.